I've had some ridiculous comments. Like when you actually listen to what some people think and say, <laughs> someone said to my mum, oh, oh, my dog likes you because it's black too. Oh, for fuck's so, sake. Oh my God. Huh? <laughs> How Pardon? Do you like, so I'm only supposed to like brown dogs. <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, I don't like any dogs, what so ha. Like, I don't like mix. Like, so you like you mixed like breeds? For fuck's sake. But this is what I'm trying to say. Like, this is why I don't want apologies anymore. Yeah, I want you to yeah. be. If you don't like black people, please, by all means, just, just stay away. Now, tuned in to the conversation. For her, by her. This episode was recorded in the pod at White City Place. Welcome back to the Conversation Podcast. I am Annie and I'm one of the regulars. Um, And we also have some other regulars that will be joining us uh, to speak about accountability in racism today. So I want to get stuck into the topic. So shall we quickly introduce ourselves before we get started? Yeah, I'm going to start off. Hi, everybody, it's Priscilla here, and I've got an announcement to make. Annie has short hair. <laughs> Honestly, Annie's hair looks amazing. And if you do not post a picture on social media, I will. Okay, I will. fine. But um, yeah, it's, it's about to get deep with this convo. So yeah, hope you guys enjoy. Hi, everyone. Zulika here. Really excited to be here. And I second Priscilla's point that Annie's hair looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, there will be pictures. There will be pictures. <laughs> oh god i'm rolling my eyes hi everyone josephine here very excited to be here so as i said earlier we will be talking about accountability in racism um i will point out that things you can't see and you can only hear this podcast we are for women of color um so if you are slightly triggered by what we say in this podcast then maybe check yourself um (laughs) (laughs) not to be too savage yeah so um you know we we, what we're discussing here will be you know our thoughts and opinions rather than you know uh facts so um let's let's get stuck into it so i'm assuming that everyone watches the news um and I just want to sort of ask, basically, first, you know, given everything in the news, um, what with, you know, white supremacy, white nationalism, um, do you think there needs to be more done when it comes to holding white people accountable for racism? First question. I can jump you... right on into this. Go on. Um, Short answer, yes. Yep. Um, the longer answer is that I think in general on the news, if you're relying on people whose job security is in essence reliant on white supremacist capitalist news and, you know, news vehicles or whatever, looking at you Vox, to, um, to hold other white people accountable for their racist behaviour, particularly in a broadcast situation. Yeah you in essence are setting yourself up for failure Mm. so i think while they should i don't expect them to because i know how that game is played yeah i think that's why when you see in media um there isn't a lot of condemning um going on because we do live in a capitalist society Mm. and the people higher up that own these uh big media corporations um you know may not like what 
you know the lower downs say um so yeah you do you do have a big point there um i'm gonna open up the floor what what does everyone else think about this i think i guess what does it mean to hold someone accountable so if someone apologizes yeah. is that enough you know um i think sometimes when people are held accountable and they apologize i'm using inverted commas here i don't know sometimes it rings hollow for me yeah because a part of me is like well you said it and now 24 hours later you're like oh actually no i made a mistake but mm. how how genuine is that apology yeah obviously that comment has come from somewhere yeah. and wherever it came from has not eradicated itself in a day mm. so is your apology only to save your career yeah is your apology only so you won't be vilified and if it is i, I don't really feel you're being held accountable you're being punished or you're being well not even punished really you're being told to apologize yeah. like in the playground but how sorry are you yeah really priscilla what do you think how, how how can we actually hold people accountable what you know do you think an apology is enough do you think you know the person that is saying or doing wrong needs to do more than a, an apology how how can we actually realistically hold someone accountable I think, and I really echo what um, um, Josephine just said, it's really, really difficult to hold somebody accountable for thoughts that are so deep-seated. Mm, like, yeah. nothing comes from nowhere, mm. especially when it's things like, that are in relation to, like, gender or, yeah. or race, like, things like that. You, it, these things are not just born overnight. Mm. If I stomp on your toe, sorry, yeah, you can understand that that might, that might have been a genuine mistake. mistake. Yeah. But if I'm calling you certain names or maybe coming to certain conclusions based on your race you saying sorry to people, i don't understand what that's supposed to do yeah. so i feel like it's so difficult to say that we we want to hold people accountable like how can you hold somebody accountable for how they think yeah there needs to be a complete retraining mm. it's almost like we need to go back to ground zero and raise them up again yeah. before we can actually say oh you know we feel like this person has enough information to now not move forward or not believe the things that they believe yeah um i, I forgot the name of the lady that does, does the um show she's american and she goes to different countries and she used to test at something about racism like how racist are, are you i don't know if any of you have ever watched it no. so basically the show she'd go to different countries she did it started off in the states um and she, her whole social experiment was trying to test out and see if she could help I guess white people understand racism more yeah. through little social. It wasn't Stacey Dooley, was it? No, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she, before she concluded her research, she she finalised um, her project in the UK, and she said that she felt the UK was one of the most racist places in the world. Yeah. She said because here people don't think that they're racist, yeah. but a lot of the things and and the, how they think and the, you know the kind of the undertones are mm. there. So people might be, you know, we're quite polite in this country. Yeah. So we would have a way to say things, but it's not necessarily as overt as I reckon people in the States are. You know, they might just mm. say, you know, mm. they're, they're N-word and this and that. They'll just throw it out there. Whereas here, it's it's backhanded. There was yeah. a lady there that said, oh, you know, I have black kids in my class and one of them fell over and grazed their knee and they bled blood and it was red and I was really surprised. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. just to oh, think gosh. that these are people that are schooling potentially my children, yeah, yeah, yeah. these are doctors, these are dentists, yeah. these are like people within our community that are like dealing with people like me mm. on a daily, people like us on a daily basis, 
really kind of scares me. Yeah. Because, as I said, these thoughts are really deep. So how, how can we? Where do we start? This is, this is what I was thinking when, when we chose this topic to speak um, about on, on an episode. And I was thinking, you know, how, how do we even start the discussion of who can be responsible for a single racist remark? You know, it, is it individualized? Is, it res- is the person who says it from their, ma- from their own mouth, are they responsible? Or is it more of a systemic thing where, you know, if you think deeply, how how deep rooted is it? You know, where did they pick this up? Is this picked up from what society has sort of taught them about, um, you I know, think, minorities? I think when you get to, you know, if a child comes out with stuff like that, you can you can you can maybe backtrack in that way. But when you have adults, I mean, where would you go? How far back would you go? Yeah, really, to sort of uncover where that comes from. And if you know, if it is a case of like you know just blinding ignorance like that example you just gave Priscilla the teacher who was like oh my god they bled blood like that's quite terrifying for me and I imagine if you said to that person if you tried to educate them it sounds to me that they'd be really surprised Mm. and I think you've got an issue where if you know someone's an out and out racist it's different because there's awareness there's an awareness of that and they know but they just don't care that they're being bigoted but for for those who ignorant or completely unaware like where would you even start yeah i mean it's kind of it sort of brings up the point of you know when people say um so i was watching i gave in and decided to watch that jade goody documentary yeah. does anyone know about this yeah, so, so channel I, four I didn't, I heard about it. so channel four that. have made um a documentary following like basically looking at jade goody's life um from when she like went into Big Brother and up to like her death, okay. including the racist incident um, when she went into the Big Brother house for the second time and was super racist towards that Bollywood actress, Shilpa Shetty. Oh, yes. um, and all these executives, Big Brother executives were sort of saying like, you know, the things that they were saying to the, that she, Jade Goody and two other girls, that girl from S Club, um, and some mm. glamour model, um, Daniel Lloyd, they were saying all these things. And he said um, in in the interview when he was watching it back, he was saying like, oh, this is low level racism. And then they got Krishnan Guru Murthy mm. and he was like, oh, I never really saw that as a class thing. You know, it, it was 100 percent racism, you know. So where do we where do we even draw the line of uh, you know someone saying oh this is casual racism this is to overt racism isn't it all learned behavior so should we not hold those people accountable for their learned behavior I mean, I mean I think casual or low level I think you know you start to let people off the hook I think when you say oh it's like racism light you know it is yeah. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> diet, <laughs> diet. low it calorie a, racism yeah. coming to a tesco <laughs> and it is or it isn't you know yeah. and and it's it's not for anyone to sort of say oh well, you know it's just it's only a little bit racist don't worry it is or it isn't you know yeah. and i don't think you you're just treading on very dangerous ground when you start saying yeah. like casual or or dismissing it because it's a class thing. It's like no, yeah. it's 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 discrimination. I've heard a lot of I've heard a lot of people say that you know they think that casual racism is worse than overt. Yeah. You know, um, so like if somebody calls me, um, I don't know, like a packy or something, it doesn't hurt as much as 
if you know someone was sort of i don't know uh, putting their arm next to my arm or you know um saying something about i don't know my culture or you know saying that i smell like curry all the time or something something like that you know someone someone using a racial slur against me i think maybe i've maybe because i've sort of become numb to it it sort of surprises me when people a, a little bit more sort of passive aggressive with yeah. their racism. So, I, I mean, what do you guys think? Are you are you more um, are you more hurt or more uh, willing to sort of not forgive, obviously, um, but sort of accept people the way that they are if they are, you know, clear in their racism, which sounds awful <laughs> to say. Um, I tell you what, I find it easier to challenge people when they are out and out racist. Mm. Or when they say something that is so, like, I'm Jewish. Yeah. And when they when they ask questions like, oh, if you, uh, you've got curly hair, is that because you're Jewish? And I'm like, well, lots of Jews do have curly hair. And equally, <laughs> I don't have curly hair because I'm Jewish. I have curly hair because I'm mixed. And then they're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, their head just fucking blows off. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, the sentiments like you don't look Jewish, you have sex with a sheet, and you like that lot up in Stanford Hill, like all of these little things, yeah. um, you know, they add up. And obviously, they, they add up to anti Semitism, which is a very particular kind of racism. Yeah. Um, but I find it easier when somebody kind of asks me out and out, and I can say, no, it's because of this, and mm. be very matter of fact with them, rather than. So, you know, people kind of casually saying in conversation the words Jew curls or they, meaning Jews, run the like run the world or like, you know, those kinds of things. Like, it's a lot easier to confront people who are being directly racist than when it's just conversational. Yeah. Mm. yeah what would you say, sir? So? Sorry, I definitely agree. Um, I think it's, it's difficult, especially for those of us who have been born and bred in this kind of like part of the world, mm. haven't necessarily been exposed directly to um, like the countries of origin that were like places that we're from, yeah. because we've had we've had to deal with it. Mm. There's no, there's no. Oh, I can hide. You, you, we might have had like certain communities of comfort, but there are there has been a time where you've had to come out of your community, whether you grew up in a community that's predominantly black or Asian or whatever. You've had to come out and you've had to deal with. Um, with white people you've had to deal with certain comments you've had to deal with yeah. the racism isn't even just from from that but I think even as I say interculturally if that's even a word mm. um, there's there's comments past yeah. some of it is banter yeah. because I know I've got friends that would say certain things about like Africans and their Caribbean and there's like this intercultural yeah, inter diaspora which is of. not seen as as, as harmful yeah, mm. but yeah. still carries certain levels of, it's a certain level of sentiment it comes yeah. from somewhere as yeah, well yeah 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 i think i don't want like i don't i don't find the comments harmful if it's not stopping something for me if that makes sense i my issue is the long-term consequences of people that think like this yeah i actually don't even want apologies anymore I've got to the point where I don't even want you to apologise because it's too deep-seated for you to say yeah, just, sorry to me there mm, and then yeah, and for yeah. it to mean anything. Yeah. I don't yeah, want you to apologise. Yeah, I just want it. you to understand why that's <laughs> problematic yeah. and then you can go chew on that. Yeah, I mm. think the, the bigger conversation here is, and I'm sure we'll touch on that, it's deep-seated. We need to start uprooting this stuff from 
from the children like the mm. kids and I hate to sound so cliche but it is mm. we really need to start looking deeper at like being more intentional with where we place certain things yeah. and what we stand for when kids are younger and little comments that are passed within schools and playgrounds and, and from te- like that teacher just to think that I could have a child and my child could have a teacher who thinks that my child will not bleed red blood I, yeah. like, I'm confused mm. so, it's like I said before you know it's learned behaviour I had an incident um, in year six and I think it was my first ever um, sort of dealing with something um, to do with my culture and my skin colour. And I didn't really understand, I, I didn't really understand it. So I'll just explain it. So in year six, there was a boy, I won't name him, um, but, uh, well, his name is Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do his full his name. Name? Shame, Josh. Shame. <laughs> um, and he once said to me, um something about like indians and only knowing that i can't remember what his joke was but it was something to do with like indians having like corner shops um uh, something like that i can't remember the full joke but i remember exactly how i felt when he like told that joke in the playground um and i remember sort of thinking like oh that's that's not it that's not nice like even though you know my parents do have you know, a corner shop on a council estate. Um, it it was learned behaviour, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. You know, where yeah, where mm. did where did he get that from? You know, because kids, you know, if you, kids kids are blind to all that shit, aren't they? You know, they they don't grow up. You know, if they if if they grew up with sort of a multi, in a multicultural community, you know, if if their parents didn't sort of say the sort of things that they they would they were saying you know maybe not overtly to their children but you know kids pick up things don't they mm-hmm. you know and like you were saying priscilla you know we have to sort of think carefully about what we say around kids you know um for for, for the next generation you know um so i mean do you think racism is generational do you think there's sort of what i'm trying to say is you know is there different types of racist experiences that different generations sort of go through, would you say? I think so. Yeah? Yeah, I, I do. I'd, I'd say now probably it's more, I don't know, like you, you, you know, if you think back to maybe like the 80s or like, you know, the riots in Brixton, whatever, I don't know if it was more like out and out overt then I don't know if it was more you know if you were ethnic minority in London in the 80s or 70s you know was it a daily occurrence maybe that people would say stuff to you I don't know I don't I don't feel it's the same temperature now yeah like, I mean of course racism still exists but I, I don't think it there's that um or maybe it's just more underground I don't think there's that really kind of out and out friction so, I mean, it's there. I yeah. just think it's a lot of paper, perhaps more underground. I now. think the climate that we live in now, it, I think people obviously um, have a lot more gumption um, with what they say. Mm. Um, and I feel like they have the confidence to sort of be a lot more overt. Like I've not had very many experiences in my life where I've sort of received uh, out, out 
sort of out and proud racist remarks it's probably been you know i could probably count them on one hand Mm. whereas now i reckon you know it's a lot more likely for someone to yeah absolutely absolutely with the rise of sort of yeah the internet white nationalism Mm. um when you think about you know in the light of brexit and you know the trump administration i think our political climate uh, has opened up, I think, the floodgates um, in in which people can be a little bit more confident because they think, well, you know, oh, our president can say all these things and he doesn't get impeached. Um, so, you know, we can also say, I think that's basically how Trump supporters kind of, you know, have this sort of volition to, you know, just say whatever they want and they think that they're right in it. And I think it's similar to here now. Um, I, I would say that it is a bit more over. Um, do you know, I, I do agree to a certain extent. I just feel like, as Josephine was saying, that back in the 70s and even before that, the level of racism that was being received then, it was very clear. Like it, there was no, there was no discussion. If you were in an interracial relationship, it yeah. was a problem. Like yeah, it was, yeah, there's yeah. no, there was no kind of like two ways about it. You're black, I'm white. We don't really like mix, and if we did, people might give you a bit of a side eye. People were just, everyone was just coping and existing, and trying mm. to figure out how to normalize this strange level of interaction and yeah. and. and, and bring these communities somewhat together. And that's why we still got levels of segregation even now, even within London, is how small it is. Yeah. There are certain communities that still kind of exist. If you go to Brixton, you know, like there's certain communities there, if you go to South Peckham, you know, like there's, it's just, it is, it is what it is. And I think that stems from obviously what happened during those times. Yeah. But what I feel has happened that's not necessarily helped us where we are now is there hasn't been a clean enough transition. Mm. And that transition is the period of education and understanding and empathy and I think what's happened is we've just kind of bred this whole culture of of being a bit of a snowflake as I like to put it in everybody is super sensitive at the moment and unfortunately because some people feel like they can't say what they actually feel Mm. inside of them they kind of like skip and dance around it or pretend as if they don't have those sentiments when they do yeah so then when things like brexit then come to light Mm -hmm. we've got all these people coming out of the woodworks kind of throwing little comments here and there you're like but where were you though like i never knew you had these views no they always existed but they've always have and i think like i said i just feel like the transition has been quite fake yeah everybody's pretending that they they like black people everyone's pretending like you know i've I've got an asian friend or whatever i've had some ridiculous comments like when you actually listen to what some people think and say <laughs> someone said to my mum oh oh my dog likes you because it's black too oh for fuck's Sorry. sake oh my god huh? <laughs> How do you like, so i'm only supposed to like brown dogs <laughs> yeah basically well i don't like any dogs what so ha like, i don't I mix like, so you like you mixed breeds but this is what i'm trying to say like this is why i don't want apologies anymore yeah, I want you to yeah. be. If you don't like black people, please, by all means, just, just be stay away. Right, racist. This fake transition period yeah. of oh, because I'm black, I can say this, and you, you then are racist, and you can't say this is unfortunately breeding like undercover hatred, mm. where everybody's doing their hating, yeah. but just in the woodworks. Yeah. So when the real issues hit the pan, 
No one's at, like, people are coming out saying stuff and you're wondering, like, where was this energy when me and you were out for dinner? But they've always had that. Yeah. Like, my dentist, this is what I'm scared Your of. Your dentist? Like, my dentist might oh, be, no. no, not my dentist. I'm just saying, oh. like, in general, like, my doctor or my dentist might yeah, have yeah. these hidden feelings. But yeah. Because they can't voice them out. Mm. And I don't expect them to, but because of this fake, as I say, fake transition period, it's scary, you know? Yeah. The woman saying that, that she, oh, I didn't know black kids would bleed. Like, you yeah. Be my daughter's do you remember? Do you remember that? Um, I think there was like an Apple emoji update where they'd done like the bottom of the feet, um, and they'd um, obviously allowed you to use an emoji for like each skin color, mm. but like the bottom of the foot for each skin color was like dark, getting darker, but like. <laughs> Obviously, some some person who's never seen the bottom of like oh, <laughs> a brown person's <laughs> foot oh, <laughs> just thought that we were brown everywhere. I just, I so, <laughs> you know what I so love about this, right? Is that I think I think that Oprah caught a lot of flack for this sentiment, but I do think it's true. In order for us to eliminate racism or to really, really cut it, cut the head off the hydra there's a certain generation of people that just have to die. Yeah. And she's not like saying, let's kill them all. No. She's not being like, you know, let's riot and lock them up and all of this stuff. She's literally saying it's, and this is why I do think it's a generational way yeah. of thinking and it does come in waves. Now, obviously if we're talking about, for example, Windrush, the, our government asked Caribbean migrants to come to, come, to yeah. Britain, but they did not prepare British people mm. for Caribbean migrants. Yeah. And so, and they didn't prepare Caribbean migrants for the, the reception yeah. that they were. So, already, like, you know, that's going feeding into what you were saying, Priscilla. Like, there was no education yeah. Yeah. in that situation. There was no, there were no lessons mm-hmm. and no legislation, mm-hmm. no legal changes mm-hmm. about, you know, like, um, race in legislation yeah, yeah. was only really enshrined in like the 80s. So you have like 20 or 30 years of just people being able to be, you know, to put no blacks, no dogs, no Irish on a pub sign and like, yeah, it's my pub, I can do what I want. Yeah. And then suddenly it's cut off. You can't say that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And where do people put all of that? Yeah. Mm. Um, and yeah, and it just bubbles over inside yeah. and people just don't yeah, have, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, like, I'm not saying that it's right. I'm just yeah. saying that there is a distinct lack of education, particularly in primary schools. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, you can't in this, I don't always, I hate this, um, it, you know, this kind of, ideology of oh they learn that at school but i think obviously you can't expect parents of different caste stratas different ideologies to prepare kids for multiculturalism so Mm. schools have to do it and if schools aren't teaching proper multiculturalism like it's wrong yeah Yeah. not just not just that oh some people believe this some people believe that but it's actually wrong to condemn somebody for how they look or their religious belief yeah yeah you're not gonna stamp it out yeah but do you not think the onus is on the parent right rather than even educating about multiculturalism raising children who are not bigots and raising children who 
treat people well and and, and instilling yeah. instilling some kind of moral compass in their children that like even if they do meet a, a thousand different nationalities cultures religions yeah they have some kind of moral fiber that's yeah. like I, I treat people well I, I think that's that's what's missing um, I mean someone said about the Jade Goody documentary I remember when reading the news that someone said you know Jade Goody was the kind of um she was the kind of Brexit fodder or you know 10 years earlier or you know she was a kind of like symptomatic of what would happen now with brexit and yeah, stuff in terms of that yeah. kind of maybe um class um friction and it's like okay, well that was a young woman you mm. know obviously she learned that somewhere you yeah. know from her parents yeah. evidently from the way she treated um the housemates in the big brother house she wasn't instilled with the she wasn't as a child. and she if you thinks. watch if no if you watch um the documentary her mum even uses like racial slurs in the documentary like so she obviously picked it up yeah. from home and this is what so like i agree with you um Zika, when you said what oprah said where you know it, it may die out with a gener with the next generation sort of passing away but what worries me is that children are already learning this behavior not from the oldest generation but from their parents you know who already have these kinds of sentiments because they were uh, they grew up with this um you know from their parents so you know where do you even stamp it out you know you have to stamp it out at some point but like kids now are already learning this kind of stuff you know so where do you where do, where do you even stop it? Where do you sort of put the pin? Yeah. Do you and know they what I mean? Have grandparents as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? They've got grandparents who yeah. and they're around them a lot. Yeah. And just to kind of um, comment on what you were saying, Josephine, about why parents can't. I can't trust, yeah, that in the UK or wherever, that every parent's going to do their job properly. No, We've got kids that are growing yeah. up with parents that have addictions, parents yeah. that are forcefully imposing certain things on their children. So I can't trust that. Exactly. But what I can say with the states, with the schools, is that kids are there for quite a large percentage of their growing up life. Mm. Very, like, those important years, and, you know, they spend most of their hours in the day there. Mm. So the school can take that upon themselves to say, you know, like, if you gain this level of understanding from us, and you and it becomes internalised and you really believe it, that even if at home people are saying certain things, you then get to a stage where you get to decide what's wrong or right. Yeah. Because you've had like a, a clearer understanding of stuff. Like I, there's certain things I only learned when I was in school that my parents could never have taught me. Yeah. Because they just they just not they just don't get it. They they weren't from that. They they don't understand it. Yeah. I teach my mum pretty much half the stuff she knows now about just in terms of like socially and certain things. She's a very aware woman. She's very smart, hardworking. She's got a great job. She does her thing. But there's still certain things culturally that she doesn't understand yeah. that I've had to unpack to her. Yeah. So I think what the schools can do is kind of bridge that gap and say, you know, where parents may not understand or may not be able to educate thoroughly, yeah. like we're going to come in and we're going to show you that it, it's, I always talk about the danger of the single story, everybody go listen to it on um, YouTube by um, Chimamanda, but it's fantastic. And I'll reference it again here. It is, it's just to help, I guess, um, improve the dialogue and mm. diversify the narratives for different people yeah by saying black women are not just seen in one particular space yeah black women um, you know asian women are not seen um asian men are not seen like these are the different mm. spaces that these people occupy yeah and you can now see them like for yourself and then that helps you be able to pick you know as a black woman or a black girl like i can now pick who i want to be yeah, yeah. And, and i, I, I you know a whole you know in, in, in the case of that teacher who was saying oh you know this 
this black child bleeds red. You know, I, I think that level of education, you know, if, if that was available in schools, it seems that teachers would benefit from that as well. But it seems yeah. more a syllabus thing, you know, more rather than necessarily the teachers kind of invoking that. And maybe like syllabuses should yeah, be designed. Yeah. So is that what you're yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't to clarify, I don't think that it should be individually a teacher's Mm. no it should be on a syllabus yeah Mm. in the same way we learn about (laughs) re yeah um you know we should be learning about you know hate crimes towards ethnic minorities Mm. hate crimes towards lgbt people sex education for all types of like sexualities Mm. not just you know heterosexual everything you know so that so that children grow up knowing that there is a, a world where they can occupy multifaceted spaces. Um, so yeah, I do, I do agree with you on that. I want to move away um, from education. Um, and I just want to um, talk a little bit more about, Priscilla, I think you mentioned it before, um, where you said someone sort of uses the excuse of, um, you know, having a black friend, having mm. an Asian friend. Mm. I want to know what your sort of thoughts are on um, excuses that people give um, f- for their racism. So s- someone playing the uh, I have a black friend card. Priyanka Chopra actually used this card um, at Beautycon LA last week, um, where, so she was called out basically, um, uh, for supporting Indian Armed Forces mm-hmm. in Kashmir, um, and she was called a hypocrite because she's a UN ambassador for peace. Um, and the woman who called her out is, was a Pakistani woman, um, and she basically said, you know, she was very condescending towards her, um, and she basically said, like, you know, I have Pakistani friends, you know, I know what's up that kind of thing you know there was a lot of inter-diaspora racism there um you know so that's that's one sort of topic i want to sort of talk about inter-diaspora racism um you know but also excuses that people give i I don't think there are (laughs) any excuses you know my best friend her parents are vietnamese you know i've known her for 25 years by having one friend of vietnamese heritage doesn't mean that if i was to say anything um, it would excuse on you. towards yeah. like any age it doesn't you know i couldn't just sort of say oh yeah but my best mate's being i mean you know yeah mates, it has no bearing like when people say that oh but oh yeah i've got black friends or yeah. oh yeah my dad's what you know whatever yeah it just there's it makes a difference mm. it's it's kind of the same as like reverse racism isn't it like yeah. oh, I hate that term. <laughs> it's so dumb it's so dumb for a number of reasons First of all, the reverse of racism would actually be tolerance. <laughs> if you really want to deep it. Yeah, it's an antonym. It's, an, it's like, it just makes no grammatical sense. And second of all... <laughs> I love that. It's just like, it just it drives me nuts. And second of all, right, if you want to talk about reverse racism, surely it wouldn't be black people telling a white person that they can't say the N-word. Surely it would be you, like... Black people telling white people, you can't have this job. Mm. You can't mm. do this. Mm. You can't go into this. But like, it's seriously, mm. we're telling you a few things that you shouldn't say because it actually is upsetting and wrong. And you're, you're crying out reverse racism. Please sit down. Like, just stop it. In terms of inter-diaspora, like, you know, inter-diaspora stuff, Jade Goody, I need to point, out, point this out, was mixed. Mm. Right? Yeah. And this is a massive thing. 
this is a massive thing in terms of like in general for a lot of mixed race people who are not enshrined in the identity of both of their cultures mm. yeah a lot of the time they can become more radical than white you know white people yeah 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 or you know whichever culture they're not they're yeah. not by saying, oh, well, my dad is black, so yes. this, this gives me, you know, this gives me a pass for yeah. my racism. Or say, say for the sake of argument, like I'll use myself as an example, you know, I was raised by my mum, my dad wasn't around, he's a total asshole. I could really be like, oh, yeah, you know, I could come out and be like, oh, black men ain't, ain't shit or whatever, I'm mm. not saying that. Mm. But, you know, because my mum is the only reference I have, mm. I could really come out and say that. Yeah. And it was up to her as the white woman who had a, an interracial child to educate me yeah and be like okay yeah you know and and give me other positive examples of black people yeah and that was the sort of same situation as jade goody because yeah. uh you know her mum was white and she yeah. grew up in bermondsey around a lot of you know um white people and things like that. yeah it's just yeah terrible just, what do you think sorry, <laughs> I was yeah go um I think it's difficult, you know. I'm not going to um, come and say that I feel like there's a blanket solution because it's it's about what you, as the other person, decide to tolerate. Like mm. I have friends who are like white Asian and they they hang around or their main group of friends are black. Mm. So there are a lot of things about, in inverted commas, black culture that they understand yeah. thoroughly because yeah. they're around a certain group of people. They get things like food, like even levels of banter because we can try and act as if, you know, there's not kind of like a, a level of banter within certain communities culturally and stuff. There are levels of like banter that we kind of understand and yeah. throw between ourselves that they, they get. So when they now come out of maybe that safe space and go into another space, they sometimes they're not conscious of it. No, Because yeah. that's, mm-hmm. that's their reality. Yeah. And I think sometimes when we have these conversations, I guess, about culture and about um, accountability and racism, sometimes it's really important for us to also remember that everyone's lived experience is valid, right? And everyone accesses privilege in one way or another as well. So we've all had times when we've exercised a level of ignorance. Mm. This is not to to kind of like um, excuse it or say it's okay. But I just think that there needs to be a level of understanding when sometimes people are not as uh they don't police every single word that comes out of their mouth yeah Mm. if it's you know i feel like sometimes you know if it comes from a harmful place yeah there are stupid things someone can say like oh if you bled i didn't know that your blood would come out red like that's stupid stupid." to me that's stupid (laughs) then there's other things that i can kind of like see where you're coming from because of who you are but it might not be funny to me and this is why even with things like the n-word I've always said, I know I've got tons of friends who are okay with people saying it outside of the the black community. And I have a group of friends that don't. Yeah. So then, mm. okay, who's right? Who's in charge of what we, what how we, we move forward? N-word no. monitored. No, but it's true. It's true. Like, I, I feel like who's in charge of it? And this is why I always say I really wish I could like sound something. I say it all the time and say, black people, let's meet in Hyde Park at 10 and kind of like iron a couple of things out because we need to decide how <laughs> yeah. we're going to move forward with this. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. because you can't get vexed at something and then they go into another space and everyone there's like, oh no, no, it's fine. You can say, you can yeah. say like yeah. the N-word. That's okay. Because who decides, like my black, 
blackness is valid. Josephine's blackness is also valid. Yeah. Who between both of us decides how we move forward? Yeah. It's really difficult sometimes. I mean, for some things, it's not debatable. Like, if it's harmful. Mm. But I also say, like, the pain that those people that really experience when someone said the N-word to them, the pain that those felt, I don't feel the exact same pain. Yeah. And I cannot pretend and embody that pain now because it's not the same. Yeah. We don't live in the same kind of community. We don't live in the same kind of time. We're not being whipped. Although there are certain racial experiences that are still bad and, yeah, and, yeah, and hurtful, yeah. it's not the same. So I kind of sometimes hate when I see people trying to act like, you know, I was the one being whipped. No, it weren't. It wasn't you. So who then decided? Who decided? Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's a really tricky one, actually, because what's too much for one person might be like, oh, that's fine for exactly. me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, for me, I think... Uh, it's difficult, because what I'm about to say might sound like people have to constantly work on eggshells, but maybe it should be a case of just assume that maybe this person will take offence before you before you say something. Because I remember I, I was talking to someone once, I was talking about... Um, I was doing this like a like group training thing and I was like, I'd really love to lead a session. I was talking to the trainer. He's like, oh yeah, like the, the black women's session. I think they, they need an extra teacher. <laughs> and I went, I went nuts. Actually, I, thought I paused for a bit and then I came, I went to him at the break and I said, look, I just got to say, you know, I took real offense at that. Like, I know you didn't, I know you didn't mean it in that way, yeah. but I was just spec, I was just saying in general that I'm interested in needing a women's group, you know, and the, the fact that you immediately jumped, but he didn't get it. No, he no. did not get yeah. it. I, yeah. You know, he he apologised, but I could see, like, he just... He, did, he still he didn't get it. genuinely did not understand. Yeah. And that was scary, because even when we left... Because I just left the conversation, like, you know, it's, like, we're not getting anywhere, it's fine. But I went home thinking, that's kind of scary, that like, not so much that he said it, but then when I tried to explain it, he didn't get it. Yeah. He didn't get it at all. So I think... Um, you should just if maybe he just assumed actually maybe yeah I'm not going to say that you know it would have been better for it just I wouldn't have left I wouldn't have been feeling uncomfortable yeah uh, whereas he could have said that maybe to another black woman and you know she would have been fine but yeah, I felt yeah. very uncomfortable oh, I'm sorry from that, that situation and so you just did you actually really just say that? Yeah. Like, I was watching the TV programme not long ago. Sorry, I know we need to wrap up and stuff. But, um, and the girl in there was going for a role. Um, she's an actress, black woman. She, she went for the, like, little one-to-one with the casting director. The casting director asked her to read, read from the script. And she, you know, she read, read her part from the script. And mm. she went, you know, you're just kind of missing that, you know, the fire, uh, the flame. Mm. And oh, she's right. like... Oh, I don't know what do you mean he's like a bit of the like you know and it's just so it's like instances like that and this is why I say I don't really have a conclusion I don't mm. really know it's really difficult unless everyone's on the same page yeah but it's like instances like that where I feel like you, you need to say what do, we know what you mean when yeah. you're saying be fiery and stuff but not every black woman has a fire in her I do we were by talking the way. about this outside yeah, they're, weren't they're, we <laughs> Therein lies the issue. There's yeah. a stereotype that's perpetuated that means, you know, there's a maybe there's a thing about East Asian women are perceived as maybe uh, in 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 Hollywood at least in films or whatever is maybe a bit more docile. Black women are more kind of like fiery and passionate. Not every black woman, not every black woman is like that. Not every Asian woman. No is like that but when I think people are boxed into these particular things yeah. you then have situations like that casting session yeah. where he's like oh can you not like you know click your fingers a bit more or something like yeah. that and it's, the head movement. yeah it's yeah. really it's really Sassy. limiting mm-hmm. 
sassy. Yeah. Sassy be sassy. I think, I mean, to, to round up, I, I would probably just say, like, we have to understand that, you know, racism can, is not only individualized and that, you know, certain people's tolerances are different to others in their own community, um, but that it is also systemic, uh, you know, and it is learned behavior and that, you know, to uh, combat this, it, we need to, you know, educate the, um, you know, the, the younger generation, um, for what is racist behavior, how to call out racist behavior, how to learn, you know, because it's never gonna, it's never gonna die, mm. you know, but we need to teach kids how to, you know, understand it a bit more, where it comes from and how to, you know, how to respond to it, because I don't think that it's ever gonna go anytime soon, you know. Um, what what would everyone else say just uh, as a, sort of sentence to round up I think Zanika should tell the little story that she told me about this is it steak in the pan it was you that told me that story right? oh about the, the meatloaf yeah because okay. that is yeah, like yeah. the best analogy <laughs> so it's so it's like an old school joke and um, essentially what it is is that a little girl watches her mum preparing like a a, a, a meatloaf mm. And she notices that her mum cuts down this meatloaf, cuts the sides off, and like, if the pan is big enough for this meatloaf, but she cuts the sides off. And she's like, mum, why are you doing that? And the mum says, it's just what my mother did. And so the little girl goes to her grandma, and she says, grandma, you know, mum cuts the sides off the meatloaf. She said that she learned it from you, why do you do it? And she said, it's just what my mother did. The little girl goes to her grandma, and, grand, and she asked the grandma the same question. Grandma, why, do you, why is everyone cutting the sides of this meatloaf? And the grandma says, girl, I just didn't have enough light. The pan wasn't big enough, so I just cut the sides off. <laughs> but nobody had asked. Everyone's doing the same thing, yeah. following what their mum did, their mum did. Yeah, Nobody's yeah, yeah. asking why. why. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And there we have it, mic drop. Damn. <laughs> Well, we, we don't follow. have Sometimes any other we time. <laughs> we just follow what yeah. parents, they, what they think, what they do about mm. questioning it. Yeah. Sometimes they don't even know why. Like, yeah. I'm just yeah. saying it because my Everyone, just be your own person. Just be nice. <laughs> But also Eat good food. One last be thing nice to everyone. say. I think it's... Um, it's <laughs> just be, um, be open to... You know, if someone tells you something that, oh, that I didn't, you know, I didn't like that or that made me uncomfortable, like, listen. Yeah. I think yeah. the key thing is listen, because you don't always know. People will get things wrong. You know, we're not, people are human. But when someone ed tries to educate you or tries to, you know, show how they feel, listen to them, yeah. you know, and yeah. try and learn something. Yeah. Yeah. Check yourself. Yeah. Like I said at the start. And address your inner trauma so that you don't pass it on to your kids. <laughs> well, I think we're all accountable um, in some way, you know, because we're not all perfect. No. And I think that's what we should probably end on. Um, so thank you so much, you guys, you. for um, having this amazing conversation. Um, listeners, as ever, do keep in touch with us. You know, we're always encouraging listeners to, um, you know, engage in the conversation. That's why it's called the Conversation Podcast, you know. So do follow us on our socials at Women of Power UK. Um, and hopefully we will see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.